My friend Thomas. Michael. You know, pal, we haven't talked in a couple days. I want to know how that trip was you took down to North Carolina in that old bullet. How did it go? Any- it's not an old bullet. It's a brand new bullet. Come on, get your bullets right. No, I know when you take these road trips, you're all by yourself. And I want to know, did you pick up any hot hitchhikers? Hot hitchhikers? <laughs> yeah. Man, how long has it been since you've seen a hitchhiker? Like forever, right? Well, sometimes you see them as you get onto the turnpike. Really? Yeah. Oh, with the backpack. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I didn't see any hitchhikers this time around, but I was on the interstate and something crazy happened. You know, every time I go to North Carolina, I have to bring back North Carolina barbecue because- Of course you do. It is the best barbecue on the planet. (sighs) At least in my opinion. Does it come in buckets? How do you get that? Or in jars? No, no, no. You go to the place, you smell that hickory smoke wafting through the air. It's fantastic. Anyway, they load it up in a big cooler and I took it back home. So I'm driving down the interstate and something kind of crazy happened. Now, the bullet, it's a bullet Mustang. You know, the back seats, there's not a lot of room in the back seat. And there's not a lot of room in the trunk, to be honest. So what you do is you pull down one of the back seats and you create a bigger space for the cooler in the back, right? Yep. So I've got this cooler full of ice sitting back there. Now the ice, because I've been on the road for a while, the ice has melted and I'm driving down the road. Life is good. I'm listening to the radio. And of course, this big ass tractor trailer comes and cuts me off. And I swerve, and when I swerved, the cooler with the melted ice slides over into the other bucket seat. So I'm driving down the road, and all I'm hearing is, and you know that sound, right? Mm -hmm. It's the sound of your bucket seat getting a bucket full of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I pull over to the side of the road. These tractor trailers are whizzing by me, and... There's like 10 inches of water in one of my leather bucket seats in this brand new, beautiful car, right? Mm -hmm. I'm freaking out a little bit, but you got to maintain your cool as tractor trailer trucks are whizzing by you at 90 miles an hour, right? So I have this chamois in the trunk and I go and I drop the chamois in there. And after about 15 minutes of wringing it out, I got every single drop of maybe two gallons of water out of the bucket seat. Can you believe that? That chamois must be one hell of a chamois. That's a super chamois. (laughs) You guys very fortuitous (laughs) of you to keep that in that back seat. You know, when you see those infomercials late at night and they ask you to call those 800 numbers for something truly miraculous, every once in a while, you actually get something truly miraculous. This is not an ad. I got to get one of those chamois. For a chamois, but really... I have it because, you know, if your car gets wet, you don't want to dry your car off with a towel because a towel can scratch it, but a chamois can't, but it just sucks the water right up. It's amazing. Yeah. Try wringing ice water out when the temperatures are cold in the mountains of West Virginia. Yeah, baby. (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, did you ever see any of those Anthony Bourdain shows that he did in West Virginia? Yep. Very dark. Where he... Eight roadkill. Yeah. If you're in the mountains of West Virginia, you're right by a freeway with tractor trailer trucks whizzing by, and you happen to become roadkill. <laughs> the good news is 
your body's going to be disposed of quite hastily. Are you saying them West Virginians will be coming out of the hills for you? The bad news is <laughs> you're going to be on somebody's dinner table. Yeah. So anyway, that was my great adventure into the Carolinas. Oh, at least you're safe and sound back. The bullet's back in the garage drying out, and you're still the Steve McQueen lookalike. So everything's good in the world, right? And what would you think of that picture? Beautiful. Yeah, and by the way, if you want to see that picture, <laughs> it's me and my bullet. Just go to TomKent.com and click the About page. Right. And there I am. All right, enough about you. Oh, come on. Now, let's just talk about me. Now, listen to this. In my old hometown, thieves broke into a medical center outside of Philadelphia, and they stole about $500,000 worth of something called colonoscopes used in colonoscopies. Now, look, I know you're going to be 50 one day, Thomas. Everybody's going to get a colonoscopy, right? That's the plan. And these things are used, these things they stole are used for the removal of foreign bodies, tumors, or colorectal polyps. Now, I don't know who would want to steal something like this. Don't they know where these things have been? Don't they know that? Yeah. Thieves are not always the smartest creatures on the planet, right? And here's what I want to know. (laughs) When I turn 50, do I have to drink that stuff everybody says is so awful? Because you're already there. (laughs) Nobody's ever said, wow, this prep is so delicious. I think I'll drink (laughs) another one. No one's ever said that. Well, I know at certain points in time, you're supposed to get a colonoscopy. Right. And a certain point in time, you're supposed to get an endoscopy, which, you know, they go down your throat and they check out what's going on at the top part of your GI. Right. And the other part, the colon part, is the bottom part. And you know what I was thinking? I know. Is I just combined the two and asked the doctor to do a little flossing. (laughs) What do you think? You got a sick mind, buddy. Now, police are hoping for a stool pigeon to help crack the case. To help crack the case. (laughs) Stool pigeon. Stool pigeon. Crack. Did you ever hear, here's my favorite Colin joke. You ever hear about the guy who was in bed, doctor comes, the guy, no, he's in bed, guy comes up and says, good news, I did a close inspection of your colon and it looks perfect. What's the bad news? That guy goes, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think I ever heard that one. Didn't you really? It's probably been around forever, right? Like you, Mike. Who the hell steals something like this? I can just hear in a couple days there's going to be a story about some guy dying from a garage colonoscopy. Come on. A garage colonoscopy? Well, you know, they stole these things. What are they going to do with them? Maybe they'll perform something (laughs) on the side. With their garage band. That's right, pal. Tom and Mike. Guy's working in a lumberyard in Northern California. All of a sudden... He looks up in the sky, boom, right by his head lands a prosthetic leg. How does this happen? (laughs) I'll tell you. The leg belonged to a skydiver. No. Who who lost it while skydiving 10,000 feet in the air. I say 9,999 feet because he lost the foot, right? (laughs) Now, the man who found the leg immediately called the cops, and they contacted a nearby airport to connect the dots. The man was grateful to get his $15,000 leg back. He might want to try snap-on instead of strap-off, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There are a lot of people out there with with false legs, but I don't know if I'd want to skydive at one. Would you? The one-legged skydiver. It seems like he could be a little wobbly. You know what they say about skydiving? If at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you. Correct. (laughs) Words to live by. 
You know why it's so rare to see a blind skydiver? Why is it so rare to see a blind skydiver? It scares the hell out of the dog. <laughs> oh, man. And in skydiving, they have a, a motto. When the people look like ants, pull the cord. When the ants look like people, pray, baby. Pray. No, that's something. Yeah. I know you told me you thought about jumping out of an airplane one or two times, but then came to your senses, right? Right, yeah. I actually got skydiving lessons. You did? But then I chickened out. Because I found out my instructor was cray-cray. Really? Yeah. I mean, really crazy. So I pretty much said, anybody that's going to jump out of a plane with this guy has got to be equally nuts. So that was not going to be me. Well, you made a good choice, pal. I'm sure Karen and the kids, everybody's happy that you're not Mr. Daredevil. Although I still do have dreams of flying. Do you ever have those dreams that you're flying? No. They're just so real to me. I wake up and I actually want to get out of bed. And jump up and down and flap my arms. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm totally serious. I think I should because I love birds so much. I just love my little birdies. I got, you wouldn't believe all I have in my backyard. That's why Michael Keaton is my favorite actor. Why? Birdman. Oh, okay, yeah. You saw that movie, right? Yes, I did. I couldn't make the correlation. Tom and Mike. All right, now look. You are Mr. Radio. You've been on radio since you were 15 years old. So that's almost 30 years. And listen to this. There was an article the other day. They ranked the top 100 Beatles songs of all time. So I thought, we just don't have one list. I Googled and there's like 10 lists of 100 great Beatles songs. So what did I want to do is do the top 10 and see what they had in common. So can you come up? Because at this list I did, I did a a Rolling Stone, a Time Magazine, and one done by musicians, Dave Stewart from the Arrhythmics, Elton John. But anyway, a bunch of musicians. So they all had about six of the same top 10. Can you come up with what you think is the top 10 Beatles songs and see how well you did? I don't have to guess in any kind of order, right? No. One thing in common, all these three lists had six of these songs in the top 10. I'm going to say, Hey Jude. Let me check. Yes. I'm going to say, In My Life. Yes. I'm going to say, Yesterday. Uh, Yesterday... Yes. Yes. Come together. No. Something. Yes. How many did I get? Uh, one, two. You needed six. Yeah, you need two more. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> did I? I said something, right? Yeah. yeah. The long and winding road. Nope. Did you say let it be? I was going to say let it be. That was going to be my next one, okay? All right, I'm done. All right. You did pretty good. You know you're... But there is one song. I never heard this one, Tomorrow Never Knows. Did you never know that one? That's on the list? Yep. No, well, it was on the list, but not on all three of the lists, so I didn't include it in the top six. Yeah, that's an album cut. Oh, is it? It's uh, one of those psychedelic, you know, with a sitar. Right. Yeah. And the Rolling Stone article had, uh, I want to hold your hand. Uh, I don't get that one. Well, I kind of do because, yeah, that was the song that broke through that got America so excited about the Beatles. Not officially their first hit, right? but in 1964, it was the beginning of Beatlemania with that song. Right. Okay. You did good, buddy. I'm proud of you. And your point is? (laughs) You know your music. Well, thank you. And we also know our podcast. That's right, buddy. What's this world coming to.com. Do you know our podcast? You, John Q and Miriam Radio Public. Do you have it as one of your favorites? Because if you don't, you should. Again, the address is what's this world coming to.com. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, I want you to put yourself in this situation. You're 35 years old. 
you're getting married in a week. You've already booked the honeymoon. And then at the last minute, you find out that some business deal that you tried to get into a rich quick thing fell apart. You lost $10,000. What do you do? Do you go tell your fiance, maybe it's time we backed off until I get my money back? Do you ask your parents for some money to help you out? What do you do? What do you think you do? So they're newlyweds? No, they haven't got, they're getting married in a week. Oh, I see. Yeah, you don't tell her. You know, <laughs> well, he, I, I have some experience with this because when Karen and I got married, this is the honest to God's truth. I was working for this jerk. His name was John Guerin right. in Chicago. And Karen was back in Cleveland and I was going back to Cleveland to get married. And I had about six months left on my contract. Okay. Well, the program director at WLS, this big time radio station in Chicago, calls me into his office the day before I'm supposed to, it's like Friday afternoon and I'm getting married on Saturday and I'm driving back to Cleveland that night, right? Mm -hmm. Calls me into his office and said, so you're getting married tomorrow, huh? I said, yeah. He goes, well, um, just wanted to let you know, we're not going to renew your contract. So you're going to have six months. You're going to have to work out your contract. And even if you find a job, in the six month period, we're not going to let you out of your contract. You have to fulfill. So I had to time all this out. So I go back to Cleveland the next day. I'm devastated, right? Mm -hmm. Karen's going to move to Chicago and I don't really have a job after six months. How do you like that? I don't like it. That's radio. <laughs> That's why I hate so many things about our business because there's so many a-holes. Right. That, well, uh, well, here's what you don't do. But wait a minute. <laughs> Let me finish. How many people are going to forget what I was talking about? But here's the thing. I never, ever told her that I was essentially being, you know, let go, fired. You don't want to put the stress on her. Exactly. And do you know, all these years later, because we've been married for a while, right. all these years later, it just came out. She didn't know. She had no idea. Well, I man. never told her. She yeah. moved to Chicago. She thought everything was fine until recently. There's a picture, there's a wedding picture of us on the wall. And she says to me, you know, I never could figure out why you look so miserable in all of our wedding pictures. <laughs> Were you really that unhappy to get married? And I finally just said, no, here's what happened. And she was shocked. Wow. She had no idea. She loves you even more. Isn't that crazy? So I'm with not saying anything. This guy lost all this money. Don't say anything. What happened? What he did, he's been charged with robbing a bank with a sex toy. He walked into a bank, he pulled open his shirt to reveal some wires dangling from duct tape, but it wasn't a bomb. It happened to be a vibrator. <laughs> Before he leaves the bank, after putting the money in the bag, the female teller said, call me. So it wasn't a total loss, was it? <laughs> no. He was charged with assault by a friendly weapon. Assault with a friendly weapon. Oh, boy. So did he go to jail? Yeah, he went to jail. You can't do stuff like that. And I'm guessing that uh, his fiance found out everything. Yeah, well. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he didn't want to tell her. Hopefully he's out on good behavior. Hopefully the jurists were a lot of, you know, horny women. Right? <laughs> the wife's the one who got hurt the most because he might be locked up, but the vibrator's in the police evidence room. So the poor woman doesn't have either, the fiance or that. Oh, oh boy. What a story. What a story. What a story. Story. We got a million of them. You know how to come up with this stuff, don't you? Tom and Mike. Now, look, you ever think about how it'd be nice if you could think yourself thin? Think yourself thin. That That's sounds right. like that could be the name of a book. A leading hypnotherapist 
hypotherapist gives tip to stop the emotional eating because look, diets and exercise are important factors in what we do to gain weight. But I the think mind it's pronounced hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapist, but the mind plays as much important role as shedding pounds itself. And here's what they want you to do. They want you to find a special place. Now that special place can't be a Burger King or McDonald's, but you find a special place in your house or somewhere. You close your eyes and you take a deep breath in and out. You visualize what you don't want to look like. Take a moment and imagine how exactly how you would like to look. Knock out all that negative image and replace it with a positive one. Take another deep breath, step into that position, that positive image, and look at yourself in that new light. Does that make sense? Total. I'm right there. I'm taking notes right now. Well, if you take this note, they say to keep a journal of what you eat. And they say sometimes brushing your teeth after lunch helps to reduce the afternoon sweet craving that you have. Drink lots of water, get a decent night's sleep. And here's something. How many times do you think you should chew your food before you swallow? 23. 20 to 25. You got it right in the middle, buddy. Ah, look at me. How about not stuffing your big pile? How about trying that? Yeah. Push right. the plate away. You need an exercise, a great exercise that works every time. Push the plate away. I like to suck my belly in, although I threw my back out doing that last week. <laughs> you do you that know, a lot, really? Not really. But you know how like someone says, I forgot to eat? I think you must be a special kind of stupid because who forgets to eat? I love thinking about eating, don't you? I live to eat. Yes. And actually, Oprah says that you're supposed to eat to live. Right. And... How's she doing with that? So, <laughs> well, she's one of those yo-yo people. She goes up and down, up and down. Right. Mostly, anyway. I think she's sticking in the up position. Tom and Mike. So when you were a younger man, I guess you tied one on at nighttime, right? And had a little, uh, you know, late night. What happens if you drink too much at late night? You eat a lot of junk food, don't you? Yeah. You know, back in the younger years, when right. I was in my early 20s, before I met my <laughs> lovely wife, you know what I would do? What's you, that? You know what my late night binge was? What? Denny's at 2 a.m. Right. I'd love the Eggs Benedict, followed by German chocolate cake oh. and a big glass of milk. Oh, he, must have, yeah. he must have gone around 250 back then. No, I, you know, I could eat everything and not gain an ounce. You know, we, we had a diner we used to go to. The, the bars would close at 2, and then you would go. I felt sorry for it. Can you imagine being a waitress for one of those diners after like 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I never liked Denny's. You find those mom-and-pop diners that are open, you know, that, that have more of a unique, eclectic menu. I like those places. There's a place called JoJo's I used to go. But think about the job that these waitresses have. The guys are all drunk, and... You have to deal with them. They're probably trying to pinch their ass. They don't give them good tips. They're, uh, listen to this. This Chinese guy over in China is drunk. He's really drunk. He's walking down the street and he sees this pail of liquid. For some reason, in his drunken stupor, he thinks it's sesame dip. And he puts his hand in it, starts eating it. Turns out he had 250 grams of concrete thinking it was food before he stopped eating it. What a cement blockhead this guy was. Huh? This guy's going to be pooping bricks for a couple of weeks, isn't he? Sounds like it. Right? Right. I think that could seriously back you up. <laughs> yeah. And who would eat sesame paste anyway or dip? Have you ever had that? I'm allergic to sesame. Are you really? Just the thought of that. I'm starting to itch myself right now. I start to break out in hives. Oh, yeah. Do you have any allergies? No, not that kind. I mean, I get hay fever and, you know, pollen, but no, not food you're, allergies. You're allergic to funny material, right? <laughs> that was a joke. I had a friend once who ate a bunch of shrimp at a buffet we went to, and then about an hour later, 
his face blew up like three sizes oh, normal. Oh, that's scary. People can die from that. Yeah, they can. What's scarier, eating cement, wet <laughs> cement, or shrimp if you've got a shellfish allergy? I would imagine the shrimp, right? Yeah. You'd probably be better off eating the concrete. Right. Yeah, it is scary. I mean, I never, when I was a kid, I never heard of anybody getting sick from eating peanuts, but now... I mean, it's gotten so bad. Oh, that's so prominent. It's unbelievable. You can't even get peanuts on a plane anymore. Karen has a peanut and a shellfish allergy, so we have to really be careful. That's crazy because she's married to a nut, and that doesn't seem to work. You know, That's probably why she's allergic. She just can't take anymore. The body says, no more. I'm done, right? That's why I probably have that sesame allergy. I used to love Chinese food, but I just can't eat it anymore because the body said, enough. Just like the end of our show today. <laughs> and by the way, you can just listen to us indefinitely throughout infinity. We have so many podcasts up. It's amazing. And the address, Michael? What's this world coming to? Dot com. Tom and Mike.